It's just two dudes sitting here. There's two guys that are fans of top 25 college football teams sitting in here. True. You know what we do. Just pretty pretty casual day, honestly. I mean, that's – you know, as of late, it's just what we do, to be honest. It's not even like anything that – Rebs are used to being in the top ten now, so easy, it's just – Easy. <laughs> what we, seriously, what we should start with is as a cold – I mean, that was kind of a cold open, but – to let the people know how uh, how close you are from stepping away from sports, but to set aside Ole Miss, dude. I mean, the Rebs they can save me. Uh, UFC has been slow here lately, just no pay per views. So like, obviously, when it comes football season, I just pour my heart out into the Saints, and they're one and three right now, just shooting themselves on the foot every chance they get. It's it's hard to watch sometimes. I'm still going to watch every single second of it throughout the season, but it's just, it's been rough. Uh, I was talking to Kohi today while I was at work and I was just like, I, I don't have an MLB team. Like I've made this known on Twitter. I ripped the white Sox there for a little while uh, because of some false history that I apparently thought I had ties to it. I don't. So I was just like, I really don't have an MLB team. I, I got to find a fan base that I, that I love. And I just, haven't done it yet. Um, Saints are hurting me. I mean, that's really just what it is. You know, I, I was close. That's, that's and we we've told the fans before, but as we like to think, we get new listeners every week. Yeah, you gotta let them know that's your one. That's my that's my big one. Uh, the Pelicans are big time. NBA starting up. They're gonna be fun Orleans, to watch. New Orleans. Yeah, um, you're New Orleans native. Yeah, I mean, I definitely. I'd definitely rather the Saints win a Super Bowl than the Pelicans win a Finals, but I would. I mean, like that's that's a hard decision. Like, just with any per any sports fan that has more than one team, it's always hard to choose because like Saints won a Super Bowl in '09, so it's like, should I give the Pels one? Anyway, we'll get into that. I'm sure some other episode because we answer that question like every ten episodes. But yeah, it's just been. It's just been tough, honestly. I, I told Kohi before Ole Miss – when Ole Miss was in Omaha, like when they were on the verge of getting knocked out, I told him, I was like, dude, if they don't make it, like I, sw- I'm, I might be done. He was. He was – I mean, he was I right might there. just I might just step away from sports. I've been on the line multiple times. It's just uh, – I find myself texting Kohi more than I should, asking the same questions, just why do I like sports? Mm-hmm. Like why That's do I – go-to. Why do I enjoy heartbreak? It's not like it's done anything great for me. The Saints get screwed by the refs more than any team in professional sports history, I think. It's actually insane. Now, did that control the hell outcome? No. We shot ourselves in the foot a lot. But, like, I've never seen a team have neutral fans go on Twitter or neutral fans who are just watching – even the broadcasters are like, I just don't think that was a penalty. Or I can't believe that they called that. Or I can't believe that they didn't call that. And for some reason, it's always when that team in black and gold is on the field. I just don't get it. But you know what? Like Cody said, 
Still got the Rebs. I'm I'm counting on them to let me down here soon. Hope it doesn't happen, but I'm sure it will. I don't like to get my hopes up too much. But, yeah, a little segue to get me a little fired up. I mean, I just don't love how the Saints are playing right now. Odell's coming to visit. That's the one spot we really might not even need a star player's wide receiver, even though Michael Thomas is hurt right now. I don't know. I don't know. Andy Dalton played good. But I don't know. Dude, let me tell you what you need, honestly, G, and I just thought about this back to the MLB. You just need New Orleans to get an MLB team. That would be big time. And I do, like, I started there for a little while in the summer campaigning with that hashtag. I'm trying to get – I'm trying to use a social media less and less. So, I'm trying to stay off of that stuff. But, um, yeah, I was hashtagging MLB to New Orleans every day. But, like, when you look at the, like, direction that the MLB is trying to go – they're trying to go to like Mexico and Mo- they want to bring back a team in Montreal. So I just don't think that it's realistic um, that New Orleans is going to get a baseball team in my lifetime. So I got to gear up. I mean, I got to get a, I got to get an MLB team. So if you guys, if you guys have any suggestions, please let me know. I mean, I've gotten some, I've gotten a few Braves fans tell me to go for the Braves. I just can't. Okay. I don't know why. I just can't. Cardinals, they're you always – You can always come back home. You can always yeah. come back home to St. Louis. I used to rep the Cardinals when I was little, um, and it was really just because Kohe was my best friend and I didn't have a team. So, I, we would go with uh, our boy Ian to watch the Reds and Cardinals play, and I would just cheer for the Cardinals because the Reds lost every time. So, it's just uh, – yeah, I don't know. I'll tell you one thing. I won't be a freaking Dodgers fan or an Astros fan, so you ain't got to no, worry about can't that. Do that. Can't do that. They got. I mean, they have enough fans. They don't need any. Yeah, I mean they they have plenty. Tur- the, all the tourists out in LA just happen to go to Dodgers game. Dodgers play at one thirty on a Tuesday and it's sold out somehow. Yeah, for real. But hey, you can either drop a song if you want, or we can do a quick MLB and then do song leading into college football. It's completely up to you, Jeefy. Hit that MLB. All right, we'll go to a little MLB, guys. We're recording on game one sixty two. Uh, the headliners, I mean, we'll drill the headliners. Pulos News is, I mean, he's still stacking on and red hot, and we love him. But the 700 is kind of in the past. Uh, Judge last night finally hit 62. Uh, I'm not even going to go into the rant of the people trying to – your, your, mic, your mic's messed up. Where'd you, uh, where'd you lose me? No, I didn't lose you. It just started sounding weird. How do we sound now? Man, you sound good. All right. Uh, well, oh, so Judge and – I don't even have to edit that out. Like, it, it was – I was just – you're good. Go, go. Everyone – hey, this is every episode. All right, you tag along for the technical difficulties. That's what we do. That's what we do. But, uh, no, Judge hits 62. He beats Roger Maris for the Yankees for the AL record. I'm just not – I'm. I'm not saying it. It's not the record. There's people online talking about this is the clean record. It's a undisputed title. It's just not, dude. Bonds was a great hitter before Royds. Uh, Maguire, Sosa, like those guys did what they did. And if the MLB hasn't ruled it yet, just because someone now finally has approached it and beat Maris, they want to bring it up. But five years ago, if or I think, yeah, I think it was five years ago on the dot. I think Stanton hit like 59, so he was close. But there was no like 
there was no talk of it because he didn't beat it, and now we beat it, and we want to ban all the other guys. It's just not how it works. I don't know. Gee, if you're on one side of that river, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, although I don't have an MLB team, I do I do keep up with it, and I do, as a former baseball player, have rule like have certain morals of the game, and I, I kind of agree with you. I still think Barry Bonds is up there. He's a he was a great hitter. I think it's undisputed. If you ask a normal baseball goer, that's not just a steroid hater. He's still the greatest hitter of all time. Um, but I'm kind of with you. It's I think. Pujols' 700th should have gotten more hype than what Aaron Judge is getting. I mean, Pujols is in elite company. I think Hank Aaron, Babe Ruth maybe, uh, like two other people. Mickey Mantle I think is another one. So it's like he's in crazy company. And we're talking about Aaron Judge hitting 62 bombs, which is cool. But why are we interrupting the Ole Miss-Kentucky game for him to get walked? Like – yeah, nobody I'm cares that much. We should. I would have rather y'all interrupted it with the Pujol 700. Yes, that's monumental. And, like, even on that note, like, I wouldn't even have to see Pujol's live ABs, but why are we not just announcing the game? Like, like the announcers know what's going on. Like, I could page into them. Yeah. Don't, don't split screen it. Just say, hey, uh, judge on the other channel. If he, you know, if he makes history, we'll, we'll show the clip on the commercial. Here was Judge's 60-second home run just moments ago. Show it. Like you said, I remember I think two Saturdays ago when he was chasing it. I think he was chasing 61 to tie it. Yeah. They flashed him over at like 11 a.m. game or something. Like it was right around lunch. I guess the Yankees playing early or whatever. Fastball down the dick. See you looking at it. Strike three. It was the first – I think it was the first A-B they split screen. Yeah. It's like, what are we doing? Okay, I just – I do want to go back so I can correct myself. I had two of them right. The four are Babe Ruth, Hank Aaron, Barry Bonds, and now Albert Pujols. So, like, we're talking about four of the greatest baseball players to ever live. And that thing was on freaking only on Apple TV or whatever. And Yeah, and we have Aaron – yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. I have no idea how they – don't get me wrong. Like, I, and I feel like I, when I get on this take, I like belittle 62. This is insane. Like, we haven't seen it done in forever since, since the summer race when Sosa and, uh, or Bond, Sosa, uh, really all of them are around the same early 2000s, late 90s. We haven't seen it in, I guess, the young 20 year olds. Like, we haven't got to see someone make a run at it. Yeah. Uh, like I said, Giancarlo Stanton went for 59, I think in 2017 it was, but, this is great. Judge has put on a clinic. I think he came up like two points shy of the triple crown last I saw. Unbelievable year. And a cool yeah. story for a guy to turn down a contract and then bet on himself, basically. Now he's going to get paid. We're not dogging him. Yeah, not hating on Judge at all. He's one of the best hitters in the game right now. But I don't get how if we were airing every single at bat of his to hit 62, how did we not air every AB of pull-offs at 700? But yeah. Nonetheless, I started this conversation mainly just because, guys, until they change it, then people still hit those bombs. Okay, for for now, they're in the record. They haven't been vacated or nothing like that. If they get, if they get vacated or something happens, sure, if you're a Yankees fan or a Judge fan or just an anti-steroid, play that card. There you go. He's the, he's the undisputed guy. But I don't want to spend too much time on that. 
Uh, the other big-time story, I'm sure you saw it, G. I think the Braves were down one game going into a huge series in Atlanta against the Mets, and the Braves freaking sweep them. The yeah. Mets are the worst chokes of a division lead of all time, possibly. I don't know the history of it, but I know in our lifetime, one of the most wrapped up. I know the Braves started shitty and they got hot and couldn't lose, so – is it a choke or is it more the Braves are just going off? Probably a little bit of both. But either way, the Braves, I mean, the Mets were up like 10 and a half games. I don't even know if it's 60 days ago. Just unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely, I mean, it's crazy. And it's kind of funny to see all the Braves and Mets fans going at it. So, awesome. but yeah. Uh, and the Braves, like, it's so funny because they end the year with the same overall record. But right. those are really two really good teams. So if the Mets do get out of the wild card, it's going to be fun. We Is had that, to, I mean, we had to we had to throw that in there, then blowing it, and now, like you said, getting in the wild card and matching up. So we'll start on the NL side since you just went to it. The Mets are going to match up with the Padres, and you talk about a sputtering, big time headline team. They get Soto. Soto does nothing for them hardly. Uh, just horrific stats to start. And now you got Mets, Padres that match up. And this new format, I was talking to G. So the technical wild card, best of three now, no more one game. It's best of three. You got Phillies, Cardinals, and you got Padres, Mets on the NL side. And my thing is, I mean, I do agree that, like, you know, we made this stretch to get, you know, it used to just be four, four teams. That was it on yeah. each side. So I do agree, like, NBA is a lot bigger, NFL is bigger. So it's good that we're getting 12 teams in now. But, like, I don't know, it just kind of sucks if you're – like, I, me, I'm I'm saying this because it's my team this year, but the Cardinals <laughs> win the division. Yeah. They win their division and they basically have to play a, a play-in almost. I mean, it is best of three. But, you know, you win your division, you usually get to play a best of five in the past. And I guess it's just something we'll have to get used to. But, yeah, the Cardinals play a best of three against the Phillies who are swinging it well right now and just, I mean, it kind of sucks if you're a Cardinals. And then on the other side, the three seeds, the Guardians, who win their division, and now they got to face the Rays in a best of three. So right. it's kind of weird look where, that you win your division. You kind of have to play in that little play-in round. But the win, the Braves will be waiting on the winner of the Phillies Cardinals. And then the number one from the NL side, Dodgers, will be waiting on Padres Mets. And the flip side of that, real quick, before I let you hit it, G., the one and the two, like the Dodgers and Braves, I will say devil's advocate here after my Cardinals argument. If you work your ass off and you're the Dodgers and you win this many games all year long, and because you know some teams will kind of – if you play in a shitty division, like the Cardinals division was dog shit this year, and the Dodgers had it wrapped up and could have pulled off probably like they were up 15, 16 games, whatever, mm -hmm. in midsummer. But I guess to stay the course and do it all season long and – now you kind of have more of a reason to, hey, we have 97 wins. The Braves have 96. We're both up 10-plus games in our division. But let's grind it out so we can get the number one overall instead of the number two and maybe hopefully play a worse team. Not that, right. they'll, not that they'll always line up that way, but I don't know, just kind of a more incentive to just because you're winning your division, there's still a little more if you can get that one or two spot and get a bye, basically. Yeah, so, for sure. I like it and I don't. Um, I don't know. I'm sure I'll get used to it just like I did when they did the one-and-done wild-card game. I will kind of miss that. Those yeah, were, just because the atmosphere was 
Yeah. Unmatched. Yeah, for sure. One game, I mean, do or die, nine innings, 27 outs. That was just a cool, cool – which best of three is still in the MLB. I mean, you have to be dialed in. Like you lose, Yeah, for sure. I'm sure we'll see a stat here in 10 or 15 years that this is set up and guarantee the team that loses that first game in the wild card probably doesn't make it out very often. Yeah. The flip side, just to finish it off, Astros get the one, Yankees get the two, Mariners and Blue Jays. That one's due for – that should be a fun series. I yeah. That's the three and only one will survive. But the winner of that gets the Strohs. Uh, either way, them having some young superstars. Julio Rodriguez is going to wrap up AL Rookie of the Year for the Mariners. Blue Jays obviously full of young superstars uh, between Bo Bichette and Vladdy. Either way, I'll be pulling for whoever wins that series. Give me them out of the AL. Uh, hate the Yankees. Hate the Strohs. Don't really mind the Guardians. And honestly, don't mind the Rays. But – I think I'd rather see Julio or Vladdy be the star of their team and carry them to the fall classic. But like I said, the Yankees will be waiting on the winner of the Rays and Guardians. Gee, next week, guest baseball. He's ready. He's fiending for it. Baseball? It's a baseball guest. Like he knows baseball. He loves baseball. He's a big MLB, like year round, just watches every game, like during Tuesdays. But you haven't told me, have you? I think I told you last week, but you might have forgot. Uh, I forgot. It's a friend of ours. Okay. But I'll, I'll let you know. But next week he'll probably be – next week will be good because we'll have some postseason been played, stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. And I'm going to agree with you on the uh, Mariners-Blue Jays thing. Uh, whoever wins that series to go for in the AL just because – well, you know very well that I love Vladdy and Boba shit, but – yeah. The I Mariners. I'm not a Blue Jays fan. Ah, I don't know. Too Can't, bandwagonish. Too bandwagonish. But the I mean, Mariners having that big, dr- huh? They're a wild card team. I mean, at yeah, least they're good. Good. they're good. They're cool. And but they, anyways, the freaking Mariners and then the drought, dude. What a story it would be. Can you imagine that ESPN E60 that would come out if they won it? Just it would be awesome. Uh, Julio's lit too. Like, yeah. I didn't really know – I don't do the best keeping up with MLB, like, year-round. But when he popped off in the home run derby and just, like, I saw him – I think today he led off, which – it was the bottom of the first, but he hit a bomb his first A.B. And it was it's like – Big time. Like, they basically said that's going to cap off rookie of the year. He's, like, minus 3,000 to win. Like, he's it's locked. Wow. He's just, he's just a star, man. He's, like – He's literally like reminds me a little bit of Griffey. He's obviously not the same at all. Don't take the comparison too far, but yeah, to be, you know, just to be the Mariners, and he's just a star that they needed. He's everybody loves him. He's awesome. Jeefy, 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 we're back. Hey, yo. All right, I do want I do want to start off on almost a sad note. Yeah, dude, five weeks gone, five games. Quick with the quickness. This is literally going to be the half like half the season's over after Saturday. Yeah, that is crazy. Or for our for our teams, I know some teams have had buys and only played five maybe, but still, like I went, I got to be in Starkville last Saturday, first time in a while. We'll get to that game. I get to be in Starkville this Saturday again. 
But it's just crazy. It's going to be half the season's gone after after I watch Saturday. Yeah. Tom's and then you're going to – Fastest time of the year. It is. You know what they say. Time flies when you're having fun. That's what they say. That's what they say. That's probably why that LSU week went so slow for me. <laughs> but, dude, it is crazy. Remember when we were kids and, like, school starts back right when college football starts back, obviously. Christmas is close. And it just feels like every day is two weeks long because you're ready for Christmas. Right. Kid, and now it's just you wake up and it's Monday and you go to sleep and it's game day and it's over. Couldn't set it better myself. But we got to start off last Thursday, Washington. I was high on a Michael Penix. They fall. Eight-point loss, first loss of the season to UCLA, who's now number five. DTR is over there playing quarterback. He's 45 years old, it seems like. Great win for UCLA out west. They moved to 5-0. and oh. My Gophers, all right, we drop one. We're fine. You know, we get ranked 21st. We let the Boilers, Purdue, get us 20-10. to 10. Just not a good game. Those two are just two I really wanted to throw out there and let them know some big losses, honestly. Some big wins for the other side, but just some bad losses, honestly. Purdue's a scary team, man, all the time. Oh, for sure. It's just not a – just not – I mean, you get, you get you sneak in getting ranked gophers. Yeah. I'm so high on you, and we lose by 10. I was sick, honestly, keeping up with that one. But second little subject, I got these bracketed off. Second one, we got to talk about it. Is I'll, I'll start with this one: TCU fifty-five, Oklahoma twenty-four. What's going on down there in Norman? Absolutely boat raced for sixty minutes. I mean, never even like it wasn't ever even. I mean, never thought Oklahoma was going to win the game. Maybe yeah. in the first thirty seconds, maybe. But they get boat raced, man. And like you said, what's going on in Norman and? You lose the one to Kansas State, and you're kind of like, you know, this game's always crazy. Kansas State's always chippy. I mean, you get beat by 31 to the Horn. I mean, and I don't want to take anything away from Horn Frogs either. Yeah, they're always a good. They're always a good solid team, but they're they just never hang with Oklahoma like they did, and, yeah, and they much got less devour them. Yeah, they got whooped. So unbelievable there. Uh, I mean, you're you're past the panic button. You're, yeah. You hit, you hit panic in halftime, and now, now you're just. I mean, you got to survive. Like you got to you got to put together a nine and three season at least. I mean, yeah, this a lot this, of conference play. Well, this weekend they're in trouble. Yeah. Texas and Quinn Ewers is coming back. Exactly, and Ewers. I mean, Texas still feels very good about the half they played of football with Quinn Ewers in a high time, uh, high pressure game against yeah. Alabama in the first half as the whole country hadn't forgot about it. And I think Ewers and the Longhorns are going to want to remind everybody, hey, this is what we were doing before we had a quarterback go down. So right. I'm I'm agreeing with you there that Oklahoma, I think – and there was a crazy stat. I think they haven't lost three games in, like, years. Like even Yeah, a long time. Yeah, like they're always – maybe a two loss or something. But, yeah, I'm with you. I think – I mean, you're so far past panic in Norman that – it could go south fast, and it already has. But you do have a chance to win some conference games, chip back away. I mean, lose two games, is it, is it a great start? Obviously not. But 
if my math is right, there's 12 games. You can still manage 10 and two, some big wins as this week would be. So I don't know. I mean, you can, there's always an optimistic side when it's this early in the season and you only have two losses, even though we're talking about it is flying by. But like I said, still have two losses. You can win out 10 and two. Is it likely? Probably not. But if you're a uh, optimistic fan, you got that side. But if you're reality checking, like I keep saying, 31 point loss to TCU and already two losses. You don't see that often for Oklahoma. Uh, I can't remember the last time I seen them three and two. Or shit, they might. They're three and two or two and two. No, that's why I think everybody's kind of like. It, it always seems when a team falls off, quote unquote, falls off. They still like when Clemson, quote unquote, fell off. They went nine and three or ten. Yeah, it was like yep. ten and two or something like that. So nine, nine and three last year, you would have thought they were the worst team in college football. Yeah, you're just not used to seeing. It a team like that struggle until they meet Alabama or Georgia in the playoff and seeing them right. struggle in conference games, especially TCU is not even as big a surprise to me as K-State. We're talking about a team that lost to Tulane at home. So losing to them was a big, big loss. But I think if they, if they can turn around this weekend, I think that they're all feeling a little bit, a bit, a little bit better about where they're at. But yeah, I agree with you. But like we keep saying, this TCU is a good Texas team. Yeah, TCU is good. And this is a good Texas team when they have the right guy behind center. I agree with you. And just the Big 12 now, I mean, you got some names up there that started the season. You would have never guessed it. And obviously the leading one will transition right to them hosting game day now, Kansas. Yeah. Kansas just keeps winning. They keep winning. They finally got the respect they needed. They're up to number 19. And it's a beautiful transition to talk about the Big 12 with TCU 4-0 as well. Well, that's who we got matching up. We got 4-0 TCU at 5-0 Kansas. Game day's there. It's going to be electric. Um, Kansas, I was going to say, Kansas just had that terrible game when Baker Mayfield grabbed his nuts and went off, and they had that terrible season. And, like, since then, they have inched back. Like, they've been inching and inching and inching back, and now – you're seeing it full pr- now. Will they finish twelve and zero? Probably eleven and one, ten and two. Make like a nine and three, eight and four season for that Kansas team right now. It makes them feel like they are the king of the hill. So for them to start off being ranked first of all, being five and zero, and now they have college game day coming. Yeah, they're they're feeling right. I know yeah, they are. And so it's at Kansas. It's game day. Game day's been lucky. Uh, or not even lucky, just good luck, I guess. They um, every every home team's won with game day. I'm pretty positive. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're game day stand account, as we always say. Yes, I hate to be the guy. All right, rock chalk, Jayhawk. It's been fun. Kansas <laughs> coming to an end. All right, I think TCU's the more for real. Just looking at Kansas schedule, a Houston team that's down this year compared to what they usually are. West Virginia team that's not good. And then you got Tennessee Tech, Duke, and Iowa State. So you're wrong. For a two and a half win total, Kansas already doubled it, five and oh. Unbelievable. Okay. Really special what they got going on. It's good for football to see stuff like this. But I just think TCU is going to be the start of Kansas coming back down a little bit. Okay. They got TCU next weekend. They go to Oklahoma. The following, they go to Baylor. They still got number seven, Oklahoma State, who's looking great. They still got at Texas Tech, who's proven some big wins, Texas and Kansas State. 
I'm this is the this is the worst possible, obviously. Kansas can realistically lose out. Yeah. They really they really can. Like I would be shocked if like I don't know what what game they'd be favored in, honestly. TCU's favored by a touchdown, I believe, already. At Oklahoma, at Baylor, you're not going to be favored in those two. Oklahoma State's number seven in the country, just rolling right along. Um, and then you finish up with at Texas Tech, Texas at home, at Kansas State. So I really do think that Kansas will probably be a dog the rest of the season. But one way they're not going to be a dog is if they take care of TCU somehow and Oklahoma gets boat raced by Texas like we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Next, week, next weekend, Kansas could be a favorite over Oklahoma Sooners. Who would have – I mean, that could have been one of the last guest things you would have ever said coming into the 2022 college football season. Yeah, so, and even even if Kansas loses in a close one to TCU and Oklahoma gets beat bad, they still very well could be the favorite. I agree. I could not agree more. And I just think we kept preaching it and we kind of – the first week, I guess, no one really – sold on it as much as we are now obviously because we got to see some stuff play out but i mean this year has been crazy it's been insane and another i guess minor way to segue to go to crazy what about number one georgia 26 missouri 22 and don't get me wrong if you lose a game like that you're going to go back and find some game changing like little stuff that gets mm -hmm. missed but the false start i think there was a holding call georgia had that missed but like I mean, Georgia was so lucky to escape with a win. Like, so, yeah. I mean, and last week, you, you kind of think, okay, it's a little hiccup playing down to their opponent. Kent State hangs around kind of. It's fun to watch, but you always knew Georgia was going to win by two possessions. Sure. The very next week, Georgia, the reigning natty champ, the number one undisputed, we had said that prior to this, they win by four to Missouri who just lost to one of the worst Auburn teams we've seen since we've been alive that we've been talking about, G. And I don't know. I think if you're Georgia, you raise the, uh, oh, down to our opponent one time against Kent State, it is what it is. And suddenly this – I mean, this has to be an actual red flag. You have to accept it. I mean, you just – you literally just won by four to a Missouri team that lost by four to Auburn. Yeah. And – it's so crazy because at the beginning of the year, we were talking about three teams that were just on a different level than everybody else. And I think all three of those teams at some point or another this year have kind of been like, oh, my goodness, maybe we're not as good as we thought we were. And we've talked about it a couple times. Well, I remember Z saying like a couple of weeks ago, he's like, my, yeah, my buddy's a Georgia fan, and he said he doesn't even get excited for games now. Well, I bet he's worried for games Yeah, uh, for like from now on. But – more than that, I do want to say we said it early on in the year about these big teams almost getting beat first week, second week. And Georgia, the biggest headline that Georgia fans should be thinking about right now is survives because they survived. They're undefeated another week. They're number two now. We've had a flip-flop for, between them and Alabama twice now. Um, but, yeah, they definitely got to figure something out. But I still think that they are – um, a top four team. And I mean, I'm excited. The crazy thing about what we're talking about is earlier you're talking about, oh, we're already five weeks in. And I will say this 100%. I don't know who's going to win the national championship. I don't no. even know who's going to be in the final four because every team 
that we thought was just going to juggernaut their way into the top four has looked very beatable at times already this year. And not even just like in a quarter, like a whole game they've looked very beatable. I mean, Alabama, they went into Texas and almost lost to a backup quarterback. I mean, yeah, Quinn Ewers was in for a quarter and played good, but that doesn't correct what they did. They've picked it up, I will say. And then – but Bryce Young, now he's tweaked something. You know, you never know how that goes. Ohio State hasn't – I mean, they've been rolling through people here lately, but to start off – Yeah, I got pulled up, and I was about to second you. But the the lack of competition they've had, you almost – you're kind of like – I mean, Yeah, you don't really know. They played a dog shit or what turned out to be a shitty Notre Dame team and won by 11 at the beginning of the year. We were like, oh. What a great stamped win right there. A top five W. Not even close. Not yeah. even close. Once and we were, I was on here bragging about how good Notre Dame's defense was, and then they go out and lose to Marshall. So, yeah, it's it's been it's been crazy. It's just a coin flip type season. Like, you just really don't know what's going to go on every weekend, and that's what makes it fun. Like, my team is decent. Will we end up in the top four? Likely not, but – as just a fan of college football, this has been one of my favorite seasons in a long time just because you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, and there's just certain teams that kind of keep winning, and Ole Miss is in that boat. I mean, they started top 20 based off a good year last year, I'd say, and they took care of what they had to take care of. And after I name a few of these, we can segue and go and hit Kentucky Ole Miss, but, like, Oklahoma State, like I mentioned earlier, just keep inching up. They're number seven now. Uh, Tennessee has found themselves 4-0 and and gotten all the way up to number eight now. So it's just like these teams that have always, you know, they've always been good, but they've always lost a few games, end up in the 20s. They always have a number beside them, sure. These teams have inched up far enough and have a schedule to have the chance to really make make the playoffs. Like, actually, it's a reality. And – I don't know if some of these teams can actually believe it because it's hard to picture a playoff without Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, and that fourth just being random, whether it's Clemson. Clemson, I I mean, I know this year it's not OU, but Michigan, like those big brands. But like USC out west have a real shot to be the number four. Oklahoma State have a real shot to run their conference and be a number four. Uh, Tennessee, now that we think Georgia's a little more vulnerable, like – and they play it. They play Bama. So, like – I don't know. It's just crazy. Like you said, it's it's not any given team. Obviously, like, it's going to be hard for a Utah or NC State to slip in now with one loss. But some of these teams that are still undefeated, they have the path to get there. Like, they have the strength of schedule. They have the Power Five conference. Yeah. They have the athletes. And, yeah, it's just exciting as a college football fan. And I don't know. It's just going to be crazy. But one team that was up there, not used to it, they probably didn't believe it in themselves, Number seven, Kentucky loses 19 to 22 to Joe G's Ole Miss Rebels. I will let him have first bids. Well, I just it's it's kind of the same thing as last year. And I I told my buddy that's a Kentucky fan this. I don't mean to be a hater, but last year I watched him and I said, Y'all are gonna lose to Tennessee and y'all probably lose to state. They lose to Tennessee and State. They just didn't have competition last year. And when they did they lost, and the same kind of deal. A Florida team that we thought was really good after Anthony Richardson's first week, and then they go in and beat them, and you're like, okay, well, maybe this year they're for real. Maybe they're legit. And 
they kind of sweep through their the rest of their schedule, but then they come to Ole Miss and Oxford, and I, I still don't know what we are. Like, I think we have a really talented team, but and Lane Kiffin is a great coach. I love him. But beating Kentucky doesn't tell me, like, yes, we're a top-10 team for sure, just because I don't think Kentucky is the rightful number seven. And that's not a like a fire on them or a – spit at them I just I don't think they're a top 17 um am I grateful that we won and are now in the top 10 absolutely and that's going to bring me to my next uh how I told you so and Cohe's in on this one with me Will Levis I'm just tired of he like I was told by my Kentucky fan friend well he didn't ever say Will Levis is a top 10 top 10 draft pick. He just said that's what he's projected. Like he never said I think that he's like with the best quarterback in the nation and all this. Like he never said that. And he just proved this last weekend that he's just not. He's not on that level. And this is not like me just trying to spite a person, but as a fan watching, I can never do the thing Will the things Will Levis does, but that's why we have this podcast, so I can talk crap. Will Levis is not a top ten draft pick. He's just not. And the refs were literally talking about him the entire time. And Rodriguez, their running back, was running all over us. Will Levis, best two plays. I told, I think I tweeted this or told somebody about it. His most two productive plays were screen passes, and the rest of the time he was handing the ball off. Two of the times he actually did th- take things into his own hands. He tries to get the first down. He does get the first down, but then he fumbles, okay? And then we turn that into a drive. And then to end the game, he takes too long in the pocket, doesn't throw it away with seconds left, and our defense gets back there. Blindside strips him, and we get the ball and get in victory formation. It was fun. The Cardiac Rebels do it again. I hate having to have a heart attack within the last minute of a fourth quarter every weekend. Um, But at least I can have a – well – I say that. I was about to say, at least I can have a heart attack with them. I had a heart attack with the Saints in London with the Will Lutz 61-yard field goal try. But I don't know. I just – the fact of the matter is Kentucky's not a top-10 team, and Will Levis is not a top-10 pick. And I'm ready to see what Ole Miss can do this weekend. That's all I got. All right, my take. And this was going to be it either way. I said it from the get-go. One of these teams were going to get exposed because they were both ranked top 15 – and the other one was going to get to last a little longer. All right, I don't think either one of them are top 10. I think Ole Miss is going to be top 25 all year long. There's no way they lose enough. Um, schedule's very generous. Kentucky's schedule, trying to be generous. Like he said, Levis lost two fumbles the last two possessions under two minutes. And you want – we're talking about this guy. I mean, besides the point they're talking about he's first overall, that's just – no one actually believes that. There's no shot. But to even say first rounder, the dude is – I mean, he's just – I don't understand where it's coming from. This is we're, like – We're talking about a draft last year where Desmond Ritter got taken in like the sixth or fifth or sixth round. Saying we're ta- – like, it's <laughs> like they're talking about him like a a 6'3 sophomore in high school baseball guy, and they're like, oh, he's going to be D1. We're taking a shot on him. He's playing Division One SEC football and showing you that he can't – he's not – He's not that. Yeah. He's not He's not that. And 
this is a far stretch, but I was looking at his numbers and being a state fan, like I'm way more familiar play of state players, obviously. He reminds me so much of Nick Fitzgerald. Yeah, he does have that he does have that frame. I don't think the he runs frame, it as much, but he does no, he definitely he has that frame. Yeah, he doesn't run it as good, I don't think. And and Nick, he throws better than Nick yeah, for sure. Nick couldn't throw it as good as him. But the frame and just like he's just a manageable, like you don't hate to have him, and that's why I hate bashing him, but I have to do this because people think he's like a top two quarterback in the SEC of first rounder. Like if they would just say, like, yeah, like Kentucky fans would be like, Yeah, dude, he's like we win with him. He's a dog. He's a big runner. He's physical. That's awesome. Sure, he's literally like I did the same shit. I've been in those shoes. There's no reason we have to keep pretending this guy's a first rounder. Yeah. All right. So I'm hoping. I do hope. That's probably the only positive for me. Uh, seeing Ole Miss sneak in the top ten and get that win last week is now surely the Levis first rounder talk dies down at least a little. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's got to. But that was what. To. That was what I was getting, like, obviously Ole Miss and State, like, these two fans are on this podcast. We're never going to be on the the positive side of the broadcast. Like, usually if you're watching a game with one of our two teams and they're talking about the other team and how good they are, and when we do something, it's like, um, well, that was just a mistake on the other team's part. But, like, watching the game, they literally didn't talk about our team the whole time. They were just talking about how good Will Levis was – and that he, was unbelievable. And Will Levis did like he didn't do anything. Right, didn't have a good game at all. It's like, like he, they had a script ready and they just did they couldn't get off of it. But I mean, it was com- like it was almost comical at some point. They just kept like you said, they just kept drilling him. And I don't I don't get me wrong, they could they have had better possessions throughout the game and been up more, like it doesn't always come down to one play. But dude, he fumbled twice. Yeah. In the last two minutes of the game, and then, and then your defense gets a stop and they punt it back to you. You have a chance to go win it or at least tie it. In the second sack, don't get me wrong, it's great when your team gets pressure. Dude, he had 10 seconds to just fall down and realize the game's on the line. I can't turn it over. Let me just cradle it and take a seven-yard sack. Yeah. He's, I mean, like he's just – like his IQ's not there. His quarterback play's not there to be talking about it. I pulled up his stats. 18 for 24, 222 touchdowns. That's like the most average line in in college football, probably six six incompletions. Okay, nothing a seventy five percent completion percentage. That's above average. Just slight little two twenty and two tutties, and he's some rushing quarterback. And he has technically in the stat book nine carries, negative nineteen yards, two fumbles. Yeah, like he just he's not. It, it blows my mind. And if I'm an Ole Miss fan, I play devil's advocate all the time on here. I'm happy as hell to get out my win. You move in the top ten. You got Vandy. I think Auburn after that. Like, you're sitting beautiful. Yeah. I don't want to take away from that win. But in hindsight, I had to listen about this first rounder. And like I said, in hindsight, he lost the football game. Yeah, he did. uh, 100%. Like, I get it. I know they missed, I think, two extra points and a field goal. And that's five points. Everyone say that. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. The three other quarters, the defense could have done better. The offensive play call and whatever. But when it comes down to crunch time and you have that chance and you're that guy, you essentially lost the game. Yeah, and you're and you're a you're supposed to be the first quarterback off the board. Yeah, and you you turn it over the two times that you can't turn it over. Like, okay, that's all I got. That's all I got. It's unreal. It's unreal. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm honestly done with it. Uh, 
another score just to throw in there. I bashed them. All right, and I thought their schedule was weak. And honestly, if they would have if they would have won, I would have kind of been in a bad spot. But my boy Sam Hartman and Wake Forest, thirty one. Florida State, twenty one. Great win for Wake. Wake just steadily climbing the pole. And uh, yeah, they just I think Florida State just finally kind of met their match a little bit, and now they got NC State at NC State this week. So I don't know. Florida State could come back to reality a little bit. Uh, another team we've already talked about, Oklahoma State, 36 over 16, Baylor, 25. Not the prettiest win, but Oklahoma State keeps climbing the ladder, 4-0. This one was a big one. Clemson, 30, NC State, 20. Good ball game. Uh, Clemson's got DJ. I mean, he's he's firing off right now. He didn't go as crazy as he did the prior week, but he had 73 rushing yards and two tutties. Um, Clemson's D holds NC State under, I think it was like 270 yards. I didn't get that stat. Should have. I think it was like 270, 280, something like that. Below 300 yards, I know that. Uh, good win for Clemson. Like we said, they everyone kind of wrote them off last year, 9-3. and three. DJ didn't start playing the, like, the beginning of the season. Wasn't really – they were winning, obviously. They had a light schedule, but he wasn't really padding the stats or just showing off a whole bunch and – these last two weeks, he's looked great. He's looked like a uh, playoff quarterback that controls the team. He's a signal caller. They're doing stuff right. Um, there's one more I had before I want to talk about State. Oh, this one. This one was wild. Bama 49, Arkansas 26. Arkansas really – I mean, tried to – it was 28 nothing, and I look up on my phone, 28-23. Yeah, Bryce, Bryce Young gets knocked out. Uh, KJ gets knocked out of the game. Just a wild, wild game. And G's nodding his head. He might. You got a little something on this one? No, I, I'm just agreeing with you. Like that was because I did the same thing. I had a TV on the porch and a TV in the living room, and I left the Alabama Arkansas game because there was not much to watch there early. Yeah. And then uh, I walk in there, and it's a completely different game. I'm like, oh, well, maybe I should stay in here. And then, of course, Alabama starts to run away with it again. So, I went yeah, back outside. But Jameer Gibbs for Bama just – it was like Bryce Young went out and I went back and watched it and he just said, you know, Bryce, I appreciate what you've done this year. I got you. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I think he breaks a 70 – like a 77 and a 72-yard run. Uh, Jameer Gibbs' stat line to finish was 18 carries, 206 yards, two tutties, just – yeah, he was like – he just wanted to show uh, Arkansas. He was like, oh, you guys have a running quarterback. Uh, watch this, KJ, and then yeah. did his job. But that's the frustrating thing about not being an Alabama fan and watching him is just like if one person goes down, there's somebody just as talented and maybe even more talented, just younger, to step in. So uh, not saying that Gibbs is the more talented example. I'm just saying like – if he was the starter for Alabama right now, name the starter next week, I guarantee no Alabama fan would be like, oh, my goodness, I'm worried about this game. Yeah. It would be the and, same level of worry that they already had. Right. And now the game that we thought was going to be all hyped up from the preseason dramas this week, and we don't even know if we'll see Bryce Young versus Jimbo Fisher. And we can just slide that on over to it. It'll transition well. Uh, Jimbo's in trouble. Yeah, he's 
Dude, it's I mean, Jimbo's the most Jimbo's mediocre as fuck. That's the best way to put it. I mean, he's like every, and it just happens every year. And he always somehow tricks the AP voters and everyone into thinking like this year's different, man. Recruiting class, we've changed the scheme a little bit. Uh, the boosters are more involved, whatever it may be. And they lose to App State, and then they beat number ten Arkansas, and they're on top of not on top of the world, but they're they're knocking back on that door, trying to walk through it again. And Jeffy, they come down to start well. It's just bad news. It's bad news for that. Bad news for him. Man, bad one news of the and in, in my lifetime, no bullshit. One of the loudest I've heard it in Davis Wade. I mean. State always finds himself in week four, five, six, whatever it may be, in a must win. Uh, obviously, if we lose, you know, a lot of state fans, I'm a little more positive side, but state fans are just like, oh, we're used to it. Like, we're going to go seven and five, whatever, we're going to lose some SEC games. But if you're on the optimistic side of it, you're thinking, you know, we lost one on the road. We got AM at home. This would be a really good win. And man, the dogs, it was 0 0 into the first quarter. And then, we scored two touchdowns, go up on them 14 nothing. They kick a field goal. We're rolling. Uh, they come out of second half. They try to kick a field goal, and that was when that was one of the loudest moments. Emmanuel Forbes blocks it. The Cameron Richardson picks it up. We return it. And from there, it was just kind of 21-3, and that took everything out of them. It was rocking. Uh, Willie throws for 330, three tutties. And the craziest thing for me as a state fan and seeing this leech offense work the past few years is – we had 24 rushing attempts for 150 yards. So, it just – for us to have 150 on the ground, 24 carries, that's pretty solid for Mississippi State offense the way we run it now. Bama, Bryce Young being shaken up, Jameer Gibbs showing how much he can do. Mm-hmm. I mean, he might have 20 carries for 300 yards. <laughs> so, I don't know. Good defensive game for State. Great win. KJ – oh, a tweet I saw today. Something about Arkansas's usual, if they, if they don't practice on Wednesday, they're ruled out for the game. Like, I think it's just a team kind of ruling or mm-hmm. maybe whatever they do. And I don't think KJ practiced again today. And if it could be some of the scare right now around football with the whole Tua incident we saw last week, scary stuff. Um, but, yeah, if KJ – I mean, the other, I know the guy that came in is a South Florida transfer for Arkansas, and he looked like dog shit. Mm-hmm. So, I would – I mean, personally, as much as the hatred I have for the KJ hype, right up there with the Will Levis hype, I would love for KJ to play, and that's just to whoop their ass with him. But if you can guarantee me a little bit more uh, – a little bit more of an advantage with the backup, I'll take it as well. I think State's a freaking nine-and-a-half-point favorite, which they were favorite over A&M too. I guess just state playing being a much better team at home. Um, I don't know, but like I said, I'm an optimistic state fan. I want the best for us. Last week was a must win. Guess what? We're going right back to start when a must win. 11 a.m. I'm there. I'm lit. SEC Nation there. I'm going to try to catch Tebow, uh, let him know how Cam Newton was better than him in college, and mm. try to have a good time. Wow. I guess I, I can have... hit these, uh, which, I mean, we hit most of these that I had written down for this week. We already talked TCU, Kansas. We talked about Georgia's got Auburn. You got to be a little scared. Talked Arkansas State. Talked Bama, A&M. The other biggest one that we got, number eight, 
Tennessee going to Death Valley. Gee, we talk about Death Valley a lot on this pod. Yes, it's we dangerous. do. It's dangerous. It's scary. But it's a little less dangerous and a little less scary when you get them at 11 a.m. For all sure. Right? I'm, not, I'm not saying Tennessee's bailed out by this at all. I, I'm high on Tennessee. I've been high on them all year. Got their win total in, like, July. I'm, I'm a supporter of Tennessee. I believe what I'm seeing there. I, I'm, I'm in the hype. I think their defense – is, is subpar, but they have an offense that can do it for them. I think they're really lucky this ain't a night game. LSU is – they lost the just insane game against Florida State, right? Florida State ends up going 4-0 after losing to LSU, so that turns out not that bad of a loss. LSU loses that game, and uh, now they just they just can't lose since they lost to Florida State. I think they had a cupcake after it. Then they beat Mississippi State, who's – that's their only loss is to LSU. Then they go to Jordan-Hare and they beat Auburn last week, down 17 nothing, come storming back. Uh, I just think this LSU team being – now they're in the top 25. They're 25. You got number eight, Tennessee, coming to Death Valley. If this was a night game, I think they get up uh, an insane amount, like a crazy LSU environment like we haven't seen in a while. Mm-hmm. And honestly, though, being at 11 a.m. and being this big of a moment, you know them Cajuns are still going to get rowdy. That's for sure. It's just something about the lights and the and the ghost of Death Valley, I guess, at nighttime <laughs> or something. But I got to experience firsthand this year, and they're just – you know, they beat State in the fourth quarter. I think it was 21-3 in the fourth alone. And then they were down 17-0 on the road at Jordan-Hare, like I just said, and come back and win 21-17. So, if you're Tennessee – and you get up 14 or 17 at half, you better stay on the gas pedal because we've seen them come back twice already in the SEC. And this LSU team, we clowned. I was one of the main ones. I clowned them early. I clowned them even after they beat us, just saying, you know, they're not a good team. We have to win that game, blah, blah, blah. I mean, they're 4-1. and one. They're 2-0 and oh in the SEC. It's tough to do, no matter who it is. And I think State was a great opponent they beat, and we dog Auburn, but – to be it, like I keep going back to it, to be at Jordan Hare down 17 nothing and come back and win says a lot. It's hard to do. Yeah, for sure. So that's all I got. I think that's a main one to watch. Uh, it does kind of suck that like AM Bama is going to be funny and chippy, or we think it's going to be because of Jimbo and Saban. But I mean, I think Bama probably handles them rather well. Yeah. Um, I will say the last time AM lost to Mississippi State, the next week they beat Bama. So, no, uh, I'm. History doesn't always repeat itself, but throwing that out there. But it does uh, – I've seen people are getting a little pissed off these 11 a.m. slots, and I get it. They probably could manage it a little better. But, guys, everybody has to play some 11 a.m.s. I'm sorry. Yeah. I think I Ole Miss it. is on their, like, third one. But I think one of the biggest reasons is the Ole Miss-Kentucky game got the biggest uh, viewership at the 11 a.m. spot last weekend. So, they're kind of trying to Dude, duplicate the, older- the, the ratings. The older I get, the more I really don't hate 11 a.m.s. Yeah. Like, you don't have to wait all day to watch your team play. And then if you're going, like, we're, I'm going to the game this weekend, I already wake up early, like, from working during the week. I don't sleep in that much. So, Friday night, just take it kind of easy. Try to get up early, go to SEC Nation, go to watch the game, and then have all day to watch the rest of the games or go eat lunch. Like, I don't know. It's just not as bad as it used to. I feel like it used to be because I'd go a little too hard on Friday night. Yeah, and you so, can go yeah. ahead. You can go ahead and um, like have your day ruined or be chill. Like if your team wins at eleven a.m., you're like, 
oh, I can watch this primetime game with ease. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and then no if you lose, that loss, yeah, the loss of that does hurt. But, when you lose, you're like, I'm not watching anything for the rest of the day, so I don't have to be yeah. mad tomorrow. So it's just or like you can kind of you can kind of get your like I know when state loses at night, like when we lost LSU, that was it, cut it off, days over, dead, dead, 30, 48 hours at least. Yeah. I mean, if there's football on, like, I'm not going to – I can't sit there and do nothing. So, maybe I can watch some games. Get your now, mind off of it. Yeah. Now, every other hour, I'll probably remember it and get pissed, sure. <laughs> but if I got a prime time, 3, 3 o'clock, 2.30 game or whatever, and my team lost, yeah, maybe it'll, maybe it'll take my mind off of it a little bit. But, lucky for me, I'm just going to pop off after we win Saturday. Boom. I like that I, attitude. Man, I, well, we got to beat Arkansas. Arkansas fan base, me trash talking's up there with it's. I mean, it's far below Ole Miss, but it is high two on the totem pole. Yeah, we like to get into it, but I don't know. I think it'll be a good game. Two two solid SEC games at eleven a.m. Dogs in Arkansas and Tennessee and LSU. It'll do it for you. That's uh, that's all I got on college football. Jeffy, this weekend a little uh, a little on the downside, but I'm sure it'll shock us and there'll be some crazy upset, as there always is. For sure. I'm, I'm with you. But that's all I got. We can uh, give them a little beat and transition to NFL. Let's do it. I have a fantasy story, but really I just want to tell you that. Did you see me post it? Dude, listen to this. Let me just remember to fast forward to this little break when you put in music and cut it out. I might leave this story. Huh? I said I might leave the story. Get a good little cold spot for it. All right, scoreboard. Week four. All right, so I'd fall. I I won week one. All right, I lose back to back weeks. I'm one and two. I'm I'm kind of getting pissed. Mm-hmm. I think I put up I put up like 135 or something and lost one week. That just those suck. Like I'd rather put up 70. Like I hate having a good week and losing. Yeah, it's the worst. So I'm playing the guy. He's got Mahomes. All right, hangs 23. Then idiot plays Kamara zero. Mm. I think I think he like. Maybe had a long Saturday or something. Forgot they played at 8 a.m. Yeah. Got screwed. Uh, anyways, to match up with them, Randy had Zeke. So, he had 23, 0, and 9. I had Aaron Rodgers, who had 16. Javante Williams, 3. Also hurt now. James Conner, 9. So, I'm like, we're pretty even through it. Because mm-hmm. it's zero. So, then I have Justin Jefferson for 28. Beautiful. Jamar Chase, 10. Beautiful. Kyle Pitts, three. Horrible. A.J. Brown, 12. Philly D, 17. Kicker, 11. So, I'm popping. Late night uh, was – what was it? Was it Bucks and Chiefs? That was Monday. Wait, no. No, no, yeah, no. Rams yeah, that was – yes, that was late night, yes. Okay. Rams and 49ers were Monday. So, listen to his – he has Patty. Patty was playing on Sunday night. I'm, all, I'm done at this point. Patty has 23. Mike Evans for the Bucks dropped 28. Mm. So he, I mean, like, 
it's so lopsided. He's down like 60 points or something. Comes storming back, gets those few late points. I'm like, shit, he has Cooper Cup Monday. It's never good. No, he needed like 21.3 or something. Gets 21.2. Mm. Did you watch the whole game? No, I did not. So, dude, they got, they're down like two scores. There's like 22 seconds or some shit left. They get it. And they throw the cup. And he catches it. He gets like eight yards. And I'm freaking – I'm like, that's the only reason I stayed up. And I'm like, bro, why – what's – just kneel it. Or, like, accept you lost. So, they do that. And I'm like, shit, they're going to throw it to him again. Like, I don't know what they're doing. Anyways, they run it and just take the L. But that one catch made it – I had 109.64. He had 109.56. I won by .08. That's a nail-biter right there. I mean, that's as close as it can get, possibly. Yeah. He, he literally could have caught one for negative 10 yards and probably would have beat me. Yeah. Just he, all he needed was anything. That's that's pretty hilarious. But that's so a dub. He, he did try to he did try to like say something about like love getting screwed because I started someone that didn't play. I said, buddy, look, I had thirty four Josh Jacobs on the bench, thirty one Miles Sanders on the bench. Just relax. All right, you got lucky. Yeah, you should have been buried. Yeah, and that's one hundred percent his fault for playing Kamara. Yeah, wake up or or set your lineup on like Thursday. Yeah, you just you got to know better. I mean, you just do. But tough tough break for him. Good win for me. We're back to two. We're two and two in both leagues, and I will take the shit out of that. I think I was. Yeah, one that's big three. time. I'm three and one in both my leagues right now, but I'm the goat. So. Yeah. Cheat code. Jesus Christ. Um. Yeah, two and two. You'll really take it, Bubba. I'm three and one in both. Shut up. Well, that's a good start to NFL. Yeah. And I'm I'm really going to run through it because we're midseason. We can talk about the big news. And the big news isn't even like in-game stuff. The, big, the two biggest stories in the NFL right now are, one, Antonio Brown exposing himself in a hotel pool. And, two, Tom Brady about to get divorced. Yeah. Like that, that's then, literally all I see. I see nothing about actual NFL, like, playing news. And AB posting picture with Tom's wife. Put that shit on. Yeah, what's wrong with Buddy? He's a scumbag. Like that's just he's something's wrong. I, there has to be something wrong with him. Maybe not. Yeah. Do your own bullshit to ruin your life, or whatever. But like, Tom took you in. Like, yeah, like he's he tried to save your career, and then you walked off the field and yeah, against the Jets. Which we're just reiterating everything everyone's already heard. Like like you said, this is the biggest headline in NFL. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right, we're going to start with the good old Dolphins and uh, another big story, probably the third biggest story, or maybe number one, and the other two are after it, is Tua's CTE concussion protocol stuff. Um, Really scary. Uh, He was able to fly back with the team and everything, but just super scary. Like I, I remember seeing a neurologist or something telling him he should retire right now. Like that's just scary to hear, especially from a doctor from that literally studies the brain. But anyways, Bengals get the dub against the Dolphins. Uh, I do like to see Teddy Bridgewater in for the Dolphins because I think Teddy Bridgewater is just one of the best humans in the league right now. Like 
came to New Orleans for a couple of years. When Drew Brees got hurt, he came in, was undefeated as a starter, and he still is giving back to the community of New Orleans. Like, that's just a stand-up guy right there. Saw in a press conference Bro, today. I, I got to say something. Okay. This is not knocking him. All right, this ain't bad, Teddy. Yeah. If I'm starting quarterback and Teddy somehow finds his way to my team, I'm damn near scared. Yeah, he always he finds a way to be the the start for a few weeks. Or yeah, whatever. he's he's like he's literally uh, there's nobody I'd rather have as the backup. Yeah, I mean for yeah. my team, Andy Dalton did solid this last week though. I will say that, but Tay Bridgewater, I'm glad that he's getting an opportunity to play. But like just an example of how good of a guy and teammate he is is he had a press conference today, and he told the the media at the Dolphins practice. He said. I'm not Tua. I learned that when I was in New Orleans. When I was in New Orleans, I could never be Drew Brees. I'm not going to play like Tua. I'm going to take my opportunity. I'm going to play like I do, and I'm going to try and get us a win. Like, that's just how you handle it. Like, that's just a businessman. So, just one example of why I love him. Anyways, last week, the Bengals kind of get back on track, but kind of, I don't know, just because of of Tua getting out so early. I still think the Dolphins might be one of the best teams in the league. I mean, they beat the team that everybody thinks is the best team in the league last week. So, I hope two is okay. Prayers up for them. They're going to be good if he can come back. I think they're still going to be good either way. Next, we have one that I really don't want to talk about. Vikings and Saints. It was – the Saints looked fantastic. The uniforms, I mean. Um but this is kind of just the same old story it has been the last two weeks. And if we would have lost to, Falcon, to the Falcons in week one, I would have said the last three weeks. We're shooting ourselves in the foot with penalties. Um, offense looked better. I thought Andy Dalton managed the game well. But the penalties – and, like, obviously I talked earlier about how the refs screw us. They do. But we still had some self-inflicted wounds. And we just got to take care of the ball. And Latavius Murray had a good game for us. And then this week he's signed to the Broncos. So just an unfortunate time right now for the Saints. But I'm hoping that they can get back on track. We're only four games in. Um, Vikings, they played good. Justin Jefferson's had the best game a wide receiver's had against Marshawn Lattimore this year. So kudos to him. But. They're a solid team. They're going to be a solid team for the rest of the year, so nothing really to hop on with them. Uh, the Seahawks and Lions have an absolute shootout. Speaking of fantasy, I picked up Jared Goff on my team this week because he's been putting up numbers. So hope he can get something done. Then we got the Jets and Steelers. Um, it's just an unfortunate time to be a Steelers fan. I mean, that's, that's really all I got. Zach Wilson hit the gritty in the end zone on them. It's that's just where the Steelers are at right now. Uh, Bears and Giants, Saquon owners are happy uh, this year. Giants have the Bears come in and they beat them twenty to twelve. And Saquon, one hundred and forty six yards, thirty one carries, averaging almost five a carry. He's just having the time of his life right now. We'll go through the Titans, Colts. He's back. He's Titans back. Won. He's oh, back. King Henry, big game, obviously. We can talk about it if you'd like. Back-to-back weeks, I believe. He he also averages for five, about five, 
uh, has 114 yards on 22 carries. 22 carries for number 22. That's a sign of uh, of good stuff right there. The Titans beat the Colts 24-17. Then we have the Chargers beat the Texans. No one cares. I mean, anything with the Texans right now is just irrelevant. I hate to be that guy. It just is. Falcons and Browns. Big news out of this game is that um, Cordell Patterson is hurt. And he's likely out for, I think it's four weeks. So my fantasy owners that own him, I'm sorry. Then we go to the one of one of the most storied rivalries in the NFL. Uh, used to be the Redskins and the Cowboys. Now it's the Commanders and the Cowboys. Don't know if it has uh, the same ring to it. But Cooper Rush goes in there, does what he's been doing. And the Commanders are just not a very good football team. So they drop to the Cowboys. And by record – the best team in the league. Um, you might know them as one of our hosts' favorite team, but the Eagles. All right. They're four and up. Yeah, and gee, I just want to say, man, when you decide your MLB fandom, will you get as lucky as me? Probably not. Okay. <laughs> you know, last year I, I tag along with them, we're rolling, and I keep going back to the draft and getting AJ Brown changes everything. But the story, you know, this past Sunday. Jalen Hurts has been tearing it up. I think he only had like 200 yards, no tutties, a pick. Like in that little fantasy story, whether we leave it in or not, Miles Sanders goes for 135, two yeah. tutties. You don't see 100-plus in the NFL as often as like college stat line, I guess. Yeah, for and sure. The other one who's probably been a consistent great player for me on fantasy, Philly's defense. Yeah. It's unreal. The Jags turned it over five times. That defense is just something scary. They, they are. And I know people were talking about, and I'm not as in the loop NFL as I am college, but I know people were talking about the Eagles not really having a tested moment yet and kind of softer first three games. But Jags have been chippy. Everybody talked about Eagles go down 14 nothing early. Yeah. A little adversity. Good to see it overcame. And like you said, Eagles are 4-0. They're rolling. Yeah. And I, I hate to have the conversation of – They've had an easy schedule so far in the NFL. Like, every game is a hard game. So, for the people who said that to you, just don't worry about them. And it really also, wouldn't be so much. It was, like, some of the stuff I listened to. and that Like, was just of, talking about the Eagles. Yeah, yeah. yeah and that's I know a what you're fine saying. question mark. Like, that's a fair question mark. But I do yeah. agree. You can't really – it's hard to say. Maybe you can just say they haven't played an elite playoff team. Yeah. But it's hard to say it's an easy schedule. Maybe you can say they haven't played, a, yeah, like a top five team or something like that. But – I do want to shout out Kenneth Gainwell. Uh, he got a touchdown, a former Memphis running back. I just saw his highlight, and it was it was a nice one. Um, and this is the battle of two of my favorite quarterbacks in the league and arguably two of the best in the league, Bills and Ravens. Now, Lamar dropped this one, but, dude, he's been he's looked so good. He is earning that contract that he's going to get in the offseason. He has played so well. And I just love to watch them. And um, I got a question, G. Just like a sports, like a good pod question. Honestly, yes, for, for us, go back and forth a little bit. Is uh, how how often is this is this contract in the back of his mind when he's making these plays this year? Because I agree, he's looked he's looked incredible. And at the beginning of this pod, we kind of talked about a little bet on yourself. And I don't know the whole story what the Ravens offered or anything, but 
I mean, Judge, to be as old as he was in MLB, he's over 30. He got a big-time contract, and he just thought he was worth more. Yeah. And now, like I said, he's two points away from triple crown. Is Lamar turning up? Is he betting on himself and turning up even harder? I don't I don't necessarily think it's the Ravens not wanting to pay him because I think they're willing to give him a blank check, especially with Harbaugh being the head coach. Like, he loves Lamar, but he doesn't want Lamar to play for another team. I just think where they're at financially right now, they didn't have enough to pay for how much that he's worth. And yeah. I'm sure that upset him. Yeah, who doesn't yeah. want the guy? Obviously. I'm, sh- I'm yeah. sure, like, that crept in the back of his mind, like, do they not want me or are they, try- like, trying to see if I can prove myself? But I think it's just the type of thing where they're going to have to make money for him in the offseason and then they're going to give it to him when it's available. But they just don't have it right now, especially for the way he's been playing lately and the way he's played in his career. Like, we're talking about an MVP quarterback here. Yeah, like, he's going to he get it. Surely, do you agree? He, wa- I mean, he wants to stay in Baltimore. Yeah, I think he likes Baltimore. He and likes it. I think a big, a big part of that again is Harbaugh. Like they've bonded yeah. so well, and I think that they're. I mean, as long as Lamar is there with Harbaugh, they're going to be very dangerous every year. And they just took everybody's just about consensus best team, Super Bowl favorites, to the wire, and they lost twenty three twenty. So yeah, I guess it is kind of different. I guess with the Yankees, like, made that big offer to judge, and that is different compared to uh, this situation. But I guess it's not really him, like, trying to slap the Ravens in the face, but more just let them know, hey, like, I am worth this much. Yeah. This is what, this is what you're getting. Like, this exactly. is really yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any bad blood. And I also don't think there's bad blood necessarily between – like, I think judge will go back to the Yankees. But then again, sometimes you hear yeah. him say, like – if they don't offer what he wants after he just did that shit or make room, like if they don't make yeah. an effort, then I think there will be a lot more bad blood uh, than between Lamar and the Ravens. And like you said, Harbaugh and his – it's almost one of them as at like former athletes. That's just a special relationship. Like it's fun yeah, to watch him when he asks like, hey, we're going to go for this. And, you know, that's what they do. It's a, it's a cool deal they got going on. So, yeah, I like your take there. I think they – if they can't afford him, like you said, they, they got to make money for – make room for him. Yeah, and I think they will. And the only thing about Judge's situation that I think is different is when we're talking about the Ravens, they're a smaller market team. But when Judge is asking for money from the Yankees, it's almost like like as a baseball fan, you feel like the Yankees have more money than the United States of America. Like they can afford anything that they want. So Judge probably feels like he – when I said a blank check earlier, I use it as a – like figurative language, but with Judge, it's like he probably could literally get a blank check from the Yankees because that's how rich of a franchise they are. Like Giancarlo yeah. Stanton forever ago had that MVP season, and he's off his contract, and the Yankees are like, okay, just come. We'll give you as much money as you want. Just come on. And it's been like that for so many players. Like it's the Dodgers or the Yankees. If you have a if you have a MVP caliber season, they're giving you money, and you're going to play for them. Same deal as Freddie Freeman last year, MVP. Now he's with the Dodgers. So now it's like Judge is saying, "I'm may, I'm having an MVP season for you, so I want the same type of money that you're going to give the guys Anyone. that you're trying to go and get." Yeah, yeah. Like I, I should be, I like per year right now, I should be the highest paid guy. Yeah, for sure. And I think now, that's that's his train yeah. of thought. And, I mean, honestly, even if they give him a fair amount, like, I think he'll take it. Like, he knows. 
I don't know. I, I want I like to think that he's a good enough teammate guy to say, hey, take uh seven mil off my three hundred million dollar contract so we can get this guy to help us go back to the yeah. World Series, whatever. But yeah, and I don't wanna and I don't wanna not judge or nothing. I don't wanna go too far on the MLB tear, but right. I just I didn't think about it like how you kind of said Lamar, maybe he's just proving that he is hey, I'm worth this dollar. I'm not necessarily saying Oh, this is what y'all are missing out. This is right. what y'all don't want. This is what y'all don't want to have. No, I don't think it's like that. I think it's more of, hey, I can be this guy every year, you know, pay yeah. my respectable amount. Exactly. Exactly. So next, I'm going to hop into the Cardinals and Panthers, and then I'm going to hop right back out. Nobody cares. Baker Mayfield is just, he's not, he's not good. I, I hate that because I know Cohe's a Baker guy. He's just not, he's just not been good in the NFL. And he did give the Browns the good season. They went to the playoffs. He did turn. He did help turn that franchise around. Okay, everybody should know that Baker Mayfield did help turn that franchise around. But he's just he's, he's. We talked about it last year on here, and I said I just don't think Baker is the guy to take them to the next level. He he turned them around. He turned them into a playoff team, but he can't take them farther than that. And uh I mean, I just hate being wrong, guys, but here we are. You know, <laughs> I just hate being wrong, but here we are. Okay. Kyler Murray's been struggling a little bit this season, but he kind of picks it up. He throws for 200, two TDs, uh, one interception. I'm rounding. It's 207. Okay. If you guys want to be precise. And then we got Russell Wilson and the Broncos. Just. Broncos country, let's ride, and that ride so far has been the struggle bus. They just cannot figure it out at all. Um, He, I mean, he doesn't turn the ball over any, but he – well, he had a good game, but they they have to win. They have to win, okay? They have to win. He outplayed Derek Carr, but Josh Jacobs – shout out to Josh Jacobs because he's on my fantasy team – Went dummy, ran six yards away from running for 150, had 28 carries, averaged 5.1. Um, you look good. And that's why they won the game. They based it off the running game. I mean, you look at Devontae Adams, he only had one cat. Or he, what the? I was about to say, I was looking at the carries because I was like, I know he ain't have this. <laughs> Devontae Adams, for his fantasy owners, Shout out to them because he went for 104, nine receptions, zero touchdowns, but I'm sure he's still close to that 30 mark for hey, your fantasy about teams. Time, uh, about that, time Josh Jacobs got going. Yeah, for real, because I've had him and he was he's my RB one. So like, like I think in one I've league been, he's my RB one. I've been I needing him. So yeah, that was definitely big time. Um I don't know. Maybe Russ. Maybe Russ will get it going with the Broncos. I've but, seen some people talking about is uh, is Geno Smith, uh, like a just a little bit downgrade from Russ. Russ, dude, Russ looks horrible. Yeah, and he ha- yeah he hasn't looked good. I guess and, just I don't understand it. It's one of those that we've talked about it before on this pod, and we keep going back to baseball. And I kind of I'm not, I'm not a fan of it, but. <laughs> When when Pujols left St. Louis and all is like a flip of a switch, like yeah, he didn't. It just I doesn't mean, even look like beside. If you put a different name on his jersey and everything, he's already got a different jersey. But if you take off Wilson and change him to 
you know, 12 or whatever. He just doesn't. I mean, it doesn't even look the same at all. Yeah. And I don't know. I think it has something to do with probably like maybe next year he'll be a little bit more settled. But I also want to say I just maybe this is the year that Russ, because usually Russell Wilson is the best quarterback through the first five games in the league. Maybe this is the year he saves it for the end. Or maybe this is the year that he just doesn't have it at all. And that's what it's looking like to me because he's shown maybe a few flashes, but like like you said, they just haven't looked good. So I like Russ. Like I, I hope he does good. He's very cringy, but I like him. Like no 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 problem with him. And Derek Carr looks like that guy from Toy Story that used to beat up all the toys. Yeah, what was his name? Sid. Yeah, Sid from Toy Story. Yeah, we talked about that last year. It's it's got to be the Raiders uniform. Yeah, plus the buzz cut. Yeah. Yeah. Next, we have the Patriots and Packers. A Rod, you know what he does. They went an OT against the Patriots. Shouldn't have been an OT. The Packers are a much better team. But if you're in clutch time, do you want Aaron Rodgers or Mac Jones? You want Aaron Rodgers. What are you about to say? Did you watch that game, Andy? Yes, I did. No, yes, I watched it. Do you see how often, like early in the game, which Roger, he's always been kind of calmer, like he does when it comes down to it, like, you know, some people are, you know, treat every moment the same, which is mm-hmm. a, a horrible thing. That's stupid, in my opinion. So he gets fired up in the big time moments. But early on this year, I know I've watched him like two or three times. He'll like, like someone will be on the wrong page or they'll have a drop and they'll camera will cut straight to him and he just mouths the word fuck and just yeah. shakes his head a little, shakes his head a little bit. He's like a dad. Like he's, he's that dad that's leaned up on the fence. He's not too crazy about his son. His son takes a fastball down the middle and just shakes his head. Yeah, he's just pissed. I do yeah. want to say I want to retract my Mac Jones comment because he definitely was hurt. I don't know why I said that. But the Packers shouldn't have even been no. – it shouldn't have even been a close game. No. Um, But they get the win nonetheless. It counts the same in the win column. Speaking of hurt quarterbacks – uh went over this game because I was like, I'm not going to talk about it. But Saquon Barkley was running the end of the game through the wildcat formation because the Giants are out of quarterbacks. So, I don't know how ESPN Fantasy is going to play it, but I remember when Kohe used to put Taysom Hill as his quarterback and just let him freaking – or put – did put you put Taysom as your flex and he was yeah, starting and quarterback. quarterback? Yeah, but – Hey, Saquon is fixing to get all the carries that you want if you own him in run, as a running back in fantasy. But I'm sure they'll have a quarterback back this week, even if they don't have Daniel Jones or whoever they might. I mean, they'll sign somebody on the practice squad or something. I don't. I'm sorry if I don't know like the Giants news throughout the week. I just only follow the Saints, so like I don't know if they've said that he's okay or whatever. Um, Chiefs, Bucks. I mean, I think every week Tom Brady is just rethinking coming out of retirement. I mean, he loses to the Chiefs. Yeah. Like the Chiefs is is a good are a good team. What's I mean, obviously. But they just losing. They're losing. And Giselle is not happy with Tom. 
So, like, I mean, what a what a tough start to the week. You lose to the Chiefs on Sunday night, and then you wake up next morning and you get kicked out and get told to hire some divorce lawyers. That's crazy. I mean, that's just a rough start to the week, if you ask me. He's either gonna it's either gonna be a woken up monster this week or he's dead. Or it's time to actually retire. Yeah, he, he may just th- chunk the deuces to the Bucks mid That's what that's what Cole Beasley did today. Yeah, I, I saw see that. I saw everybody joking. They were like, Yeah, Cole Beasley saw Tom Brady's drama and was like, No, I'm straight on it. <laughs> Join the roster two games, oh and two. See you, thanks. See ya. Appreciate the quick paycheck. I'm gonna go back over here. It's like he it's like he door dashed as a buck and then <laughs> logged off. God. But the final game we'll talk about is the Monday night one. And this was this is personally just a big game for me because this is how my fantasy lineup looks in my paid league. I got Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel, and George Kittle all playing. So Monday night was big for me. I will say I probably won't play George Kittle very much because the man is just a lineman. Like, fantasy owners, y'all hit me up because I don't know what to do with George Kittle. He's the guy, man. he just hasn't been in the receiving game very much. Yeah, he got like – I think he got his first catch in like third quarter. Yeah, know. it's not fun. But Debo, Debo's that guy. And Cooper Cup, I told everybody to start the year off. I traded up. I traded up. I gave, like, my third-round pick. I switched my third-round pick with the guy and switched my fifth-round pick. And I traded up for Cooper Cup. And everybody's like, dude, that's – you just shouldn't do that. And look at me, three and one, thriving. Cooper Cup is the most consistent fantasy football player this year so far. And I just don't – like, yeah, Cooper Cup is good. That's great, but – I think the reasoning is I'm just a genius. You I mean, I hate being wrong. I mean, I hate being right, but that's like always sarcastic when I say that. <laughs> I do actually hate being wrong. And Cooper Cup is proving me right. And I'll say it one more time, I hate being right. Okay, I hope that jinxes me to Cooper Cup having 40 this week. Because the guy, the guy's a guaranteed 20 every week. He just is. I swear to God. He's a guaranteed 20. So, if you don't have Cooper Cup, I'm sorry. And if you don't, I'd freaking get a trade package for him if you can. But it's not my problem. All right? That's all I got on NFL. That's all I got on fantasy. There are a few games where, I'll be honest, I just told y'all what it was. But there's no sense in me sitting here talking monotone. For y'all to not listen about a game you don't care about, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it. So, that's all I got. You good on NFL? Yeah, you froze for a second. I was about to say, we almost made it okay. the whole time. Oh, that's good. And We can just do some music after I ended that and then give a little no, outro yeah. or something. You're good. Dudes, as always. We appreciate it. All right. Keep the likes, little retweet. All right. We'll be better this Saturday. I was at a game. G had a, a big-time game, Ole Miss game. We'll do some better tweeting Saturday. All right. It's on us. Sure. But this is, uh, I think, episode 42 maybe. Is that right? I think you are right. 
Shout out. I think you're right. Shout out Jackie. Dude. Shout out to Jackie Robinson. Great. Great catch right there. I mean, that's honestly every time I hear that number, I think of that movie. Yeah. Dude, I'm not going to lie. I got to say this, and I don't know if it's even appropriate. But so when we were, when I was in college and there would be like a white person wearing number 42, we had this PO that every single time he saw a white person wearing number 42, he'd literally walk up to him and say, hey, man, you're, you're a disgrace. You're a disgrace to the game. Why are you wearing that? And like he did as a joke, but it was hilarious. It was objectively hilarious. So I got a point. I mean, you're kind of a disgrace if you're wearing that number and you're white. And that's our tribute right there. Shout out Jackie Robinson. (laughs) Shout out to Jackie Robinson. Shout out Jackie Robinson. Dudes, we appreciate y'all. Share this MF or how about that? Mm. We'll see y'all next week. We'll see you next week. Give us five stars.